New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today, I'm hosting Dr. Judith Simon Prager. She's the co-author with Judith Acosta of The Worst is Over, Verbal First Aid to Calm, Relieve Pain, Promote Healing, and Save Lives. I'm speaking with Dr. Prager at her home in Northern California by remote connection. This conversation is recorded in early April 2020 during the early stages of shelter-in-place because of the coronavirus pandemic. Welcome, Judith, to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you. It's delightful to be here. It's delightful to have you. I would like for you to say something about how words can harm or words can heal. That makes me think of a, of a wonderful story of it, something that just happened recently. In 2006, I had given a lecture at the University Medical Center in Tucson, Arizona, about verbal first aid. And recently, I went back and gave another lecture. And as I was about to speak, a woman came up the aisle from the auditorium and said, I have to tell you a story. After I learned verbal first aid from you when you were here last, a young boy here in Tucson, Arizona, had been riding a bicycle. He was 14 years old. He was riding a bicycle. He was hit by a car. And he died in the hospital. And it was quite a shock to the whole neighborhood. Sometime later, another young boy, a friend of his, 14 years old, was riding his bicycle, was hit by a car, was dragged. They brought him into the emergency room. And the doctor said, we don't know what to do. The emergency room doctor came out and said to the mother, we cannot stop his bleeding. We can't even give him a transfusion because the blood is just pumping out of him. We can't stop this bleeding and we don't know what to do. I'm not sure we can save him. And this person who worked with the fire department was telling me this story, has a, a PhD, and she's, she works with the, the various AMTs in the fire department. She said, the mother just decompressed. The mother fell down on the floor in a fetal position and was so inconsolable. And I said, I know what we can do. I learned verbal first aid. And we can go in and say to the boy. And she walked in. The doctor allowed her to walk in with the mother. And she said, the worst is over. And the doctors know just what to do to help you. And you have to stop your bleeding and save your blood. And she went and did the whole the worst is over speech that we have in the book. And then she said, and... When you're better, Captain Goldberg wants you to come to the firehouse and see all the fire engines. And she left the room, and within an hour, the emergency room physician came out and said, we don't know why, but he stopped bleeding, and we were able to help him, and we think he'll recover, but it will be a very long recovery. It'll be six months till he's back on his feet. And the mother was so relieved. But this woman, Cynthia Dowdell, her name was, she said to me, in three weeks, he was at the firehouse looking at the engines. And I said, you know the, what I think happened? She had the picture in her mind, and this is how words can harm. She had the picture in her mind of the kid who was hit by the car and died. 
that was it. You got hit by a car when you're on your bicycle and you die. But when she said, no, you can heal. In fact, there's a different future for you. Your future is called future pacing. Your future is to go and look at the fire engines. He was able to change the way he held in his body, that fear that was pumping the blood through his body so that they couldn't even stop it. That fear was arrested. And instead, there was this wonderful calm of the picture of being a special guest of the fire captain in the firehouse. And I just know that words make a gigantic difference. Words and pictures can make a difference. It wasn't that much that happened that transpired. It was just understanding the thoughts. You know, I want to let our listeners know that we're recording this just in the early days of what we're calling shelter in place because of the coronavirus pandemic. And so this is April 2020. And I'm wondering what words of advice do you have for us, Judith, in this very, very different new cycle of where we are in our lives and how we're with one another as we shelter in place? You know, we have to be kind. It's the most important thing in the world. We are confined like tigers in a cage, or we're entirely alone like some gorilla who has no other friend in a cage. We are just stuck in a situation not of our own making and a situation in which the outside world is terrifying to us. So there's this whole sense of fear, isolation, depression, all of these emotions. And what we want to do is find ways to connect that allow us to remember who we are, to remember love, because that's the only thing, that's the only medicine that really makes a difference at a time like this. So if you're entirely alone, be sure to connect, be sure to have that phone call or that FaceTime with somebody who who matters to you. Be sure to watch programs that allow you to laugh. Laughter is, they say the best medicine is not bad at all. Laughter just changes. It's a way, they say, of jogging internally. Just do it. Just find ways to laugh. Don't forget to exercise, get some sleep. See if you can find good food and eat it because that's really important. That's if you're alone. If you're with your kids or with people who are difficult, Find ways to talk. There's a wonderful expression that says, don't say anything that you can't put grandma at the end of. So (laughs) shut the blank up won't work if you say, shut the blank up, grandma. So remember, isn't that great, Justine? I just love that. So try never to say anything horrible as the thing that a person will remember. They don't have to remember the worst thing that you said. And that's what I'm thinking is really important in these days. You know, don't ever say anything you'll regret. So what advice do you have, let's say, um, for teenagers that are are held in place and, you know, they really want to get out, they want to be with their friends, and that confining is pretty oppressive and can cause a lot of tension in a household. So what would you say about that? You know, one of the techniques that we talk about is be my partner or you know, to have somebody help you do something. So if there's a way, they don't have to fold the laundry or something, but if there's a way that you can engage them, that they feel like they're helping, it allows them not to feel like a kid stuck in a house, but more like one of the grown-ups. You say, you know, I would ask your dad to do this, or I would ask somebody, but you're here, and I would love for you to help me do this. 
And when we help, we feel better about ourselves. So if there's a way we can engage their higher self, their best self, it's not always easy. Yeah, teenagers are so full of attitude. I'm not pretending they're not. I had teenagers of my own, and attitude was their special magic power that I couldn't overcome. But still, you know, so even if they're having attitude, say, you can say, oh, I detect a little attitude. (laughs) You want to wait a while before we go further? Or, you know, sometimes you just say, maybe you'd rather be alone. That's okay with me. You know, do you want to find a place you could be alone? For little kids, make a tent with sheets in the living room and let them go hide in the tent. It's very nice to be able to have your own private place. And not every accommodation has that. So see if you can find ways to answer what they need. And also, I always say, listen, because you may mistake what it is they're thinking. You may mistake the anger that they have at the confinement, at anger at you. And you can say, did I do something wrong? Is there something I'm doing that's bothering you? Or you just hate the situation, which by the way, I hate too. Just so that they're understood. Being understood is the best present you can give anybody. So you're saying acknowledging what is, like not to sugarcoat it or anything else, but to acknowledge it, to to say, yeah, this is tough. Yeah, and also not punish them for, especially little kids, for melting down. Yeah, they melt down because nobody wants to be in this. And instead of saying, go to your room, you're bad, you say, what are you feeling? Where are you feeling it? Where in your body do you feel it? And you make a game of it and you say, do you feel it in your knee? Where, where do you feel this anger and frustration? Where is it? Where did it come from? Where is it going? You know, there's another expression. I have expressions for everything. But the one that I like, oh, I love them all. There's one that says you are the blue sky. There is rain. There is sunshine. There are rainbows. There are clouds moving, big clouds, fluffy ones, dark clouds, lightning, thunder. Underneath it all is the blue sky. That's you. All that other stuff that comes, it goes, it's gone. Where are you in this? Let me find you. Oh, my goodness, I miss you. Show me you again. You're the one that I care about, and I think I see you in there somewhere. One of the things that I saw on the news, it was such a sweet piece. Uh, It was um, some kids that had a wonderful, I think maybe she was a first grade teacher, and they were really, really missing her. So they got together in a car caravan, so they were keeping their distance, so they were still sheltered in place. But they all wrote signs to their teacher, and their teacher came out to her front doorstep as the cars pass and all the kids flashed their signs of how much we love you, we miss you, and waved at her. It was just so sweet. So that kind of connection, we can figure out other ways to connect. I know. And- That's absolutely wonderful. That is right. And especially if it's a creative project. A creative project just involves a kid so much. And when you're done, you're so proud. So if you can find a kind of creative project. Even if it's baking, creative projects go everywhere. And of course, don't overlook music. Yeah, music can drive you crazy if the kids want to have their music on and you don't want to hear it. But fortunately, there are earphones. But sometimes just music and writing new words. I I remember doing with my grandkids, writing new words to songs. And that really made them feel so great. It's, you know, it just made them feel creative about it. Oh, let's do a verse on this one. Let's do a verse on this. There's another creative outlet that they're doing in Marin County in Mill Valley, where every night at eight o'clock, people 
open their windows or get out on their front doorstep and they all howl like they do wolf howls and howl and yip, yip, yip and howl. And I hear even the coyotes are starting to answer them. And that's another way of feeling connection. We do want that connection. We're tribal species. That's right. That's right. And another thing is exercise and even jumping jacks. Because, you know, one of the ways that animals get trauma off them is to shake it off. If you've ever seen a horse, for example, shiver, just shiver when he's done with something scary. That's how they shake it off. So the way to shake off some of the frustration is to do jumping jacks or whatever and have your kids actually physically let it go because it builds up in them and they have so much more energy than we do and they have to use it up. So don't say sit there and be good. Sometimes say let's put on some music and dance ourselves dizzy. And that's good. Those kids need what I call large muscle movements, jumping jacks or dancing. That sounds perfect. Well, any other words of wisdom you want to leave us with before we sign off? Well, I always talk about saying what you want to have happen, not what you don't. So when your child is you know, for example, about to cry and you see that lower lip just quivering, then what you do is instead of saying don't cry, because that sounds like you're suggesting that that might be something they want to be doing, you say, tell me what's going on. And when you do, you kind of short circuit the need to cry and rather the need to explain yourself, it comes up. And that's, and once they're talking, once you get them talking, that's great. And, and oh, and before they go to sleep at night, there are wonderful things you can do too. One of the mothers was telling me yesterday that the little kids say, can we have some sprinkles tonight? And what they mean is she makes her fingers like she's letting go of sprinkles. And she says, okay, here's a memory of the time that we were swimming and the turtle came. And, oh, here's a memory of, and she sprinkles these things on them. And maybe it's suggestions for dreams. Maybe it just reminds them that they have happy times. And so... That's a little something you might try for your kids. Just say, would you want some sprinkles for for dreams tonight and see what happens? Or even sprinkles for ourselves. (laughs) Yes. I'm afraid we're all children when when we're feeling like this. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much, Judith, for being with us on the New Dimensions Cafe today. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. I've been speaking with Dr. Judith Simon Prager, and she is the co-author with Judith Acasa of The Worst is Over, Verbal First Aid to Calm, Relieve Pain, Promote Healing, and Save Lives. And if you want to know more about her work, you can go to her website, judithprager.com. That's judithprager, P-R-A-G-E-R.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a 1,000 hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org.
New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.